Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Man, how good is God? Pastor Naomi said the presence of the Holy Spirit is here today. I can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. We're a presence church. We're a Holy Ghost church. And it was amazing. I've seen Hero five times. Taylor, you're killing it. Look how beautiful you look, and you've been a hero for the last three months. I'm sure there's some others, but it's an amazing show. And every time I see it, I see something different. And um, last night after the altar call, I got the opportunity to do the altar call. And this, this woman comes down and, and tells me, thank you for doing that. My two nephews that were sitting right next to me both lifted their hand and gave their life to Christ. And it was Beck's friend. Um, but all I said was, all I said for the altar call was what Jesus did and what that show represents is the greatest rescue mission in the history of the world. And that is that God in heaven became a man in the form of Jesus and gave his life so that we could have life. And he did it without knowing if we'd ever choose him because he knows we have free will. We could choose him or we could not choose him. But he literally went through hell. If you've seen the show, he went through hell to give us an opportunity to live in eternity with him. Because God so loved you that he came and sacrificed everything, crucified, suffered on a cross. But what I said last night is he didn't just come to give you a free pass into heaven, although you can treat it like heaven, or you can treat it like that if you want, just to kind of slip into heaven. But there's a part in the show where, and I hope I'm not ruining it for you, in the hell scene where Jesus arrives on the scene and there's people in prison in hell and the chains break off. So when Jesus came and gave his life, it wasn't just so you can slip into heaven, it's so you can live an empowered, chain-free life here on earth. When you give your life to Jesus, you don't have to be chained. You don't have to deal with fear. You don't have to suffer in depression and anxiety and pain, suicidal thoughts. You don't have to be tormented in your mind when you sleep. You can be free. Chains can break the second he comes into your life. So if you're here today, I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to receive Jesus, to see chains break off of your life. So if you're here and you're saying, you know what, Pastor, I haven't even seen the show, but I want chains off my life. I want to live an eternity in heaven. Or maybe you're here and you're like, man, I just need a fresh start. My life has been a mess. I need a new beginning. I need a second chance. 
If you're one of those two people, just lift your hand right now. I want to pray for you. Is there anybody like that this morning? God bless you. Thank you. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you over there. Is there anybody else? Thank you over here. Awesome. Come on. Everything can change right here, right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Incredible. I'm so proud of you guys. I'm so proud of you guys. I want to pray a prayer. Can I pray a prayer with all of you that lifted your hand, but everybody in the building is going to help us pray? I want to just pray this prayer. Everybody in the building, especially those of you that lifted your hand, there was probably seven or eight of you. Just say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins, to break the chains of bondage that I've been suffering with, to set me free. Today I declare that I am saved, that I am forgiven. I turn away from my sins. And I just say that heaven is my home and God is my Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we clap for all those awesome people? I'm so proud of you guys. Come on, it's already a good day in the house. Amazing. Those of you that lifted your hand, I want to ask you at the end of the service, don't just leave the service. We have a response lounge, and you'll see it light up at the end of the service. Some of our team will be in there, and we have a book for you called Following Jesus. We have a Bible for you, and uh, we want to give that to you, answer any questions that you have. That decision can change everything if you allow it to. And we have people in our church that want to come around you and uh, help you on your journey. But uh, anyways, man, it's good to be, good to be in church today. Um, get ready. Today, you're going to have an opportunity to get some other chains loosed from your life at the end of this service. I was telling the uh, 8.30 service, I kind of want to make this like a Wednesday night service zone, you know? Yeah? What do you think, Pastor Quacha? You already started it off, Pastor Quacha. Shoot. Um, all right. Hey, Howards, I want to pray for you guys. Can I pray for you guys real quick? Come out here. These guys are awesome. Awesome people. Yeah, come up here. Come up here. Why not? We're all family. How are you? Good to see you, brother. You guys are so, always so encouraging. You're always on the front row. You're always serving. You're always leading. Just turn your palms towards heaven. Father, I thank you for, for the Howards. Greg, I just see you literally blowing up. I just see, like, the mouth of God on, like, this big straw connected to a balloon. And not blowing up in a bad way because you're pretty ripped. But blowing up in your business, in your life. And, uh, and I just see the hand of God on you. And the, the, the wind of God is behind you. The power of God is behind you. Eva, you too. The power of God is behind you. It's not just, it's not just his life blowing up. We're one. Your life is blowing up. Your dreams are coming true. The anointing of God is on both of you guys. So Father, I thank you for this great couple. And I just pray for fresh oil, fresh wind of heaven on their life. In Jesus' name, Father, touch Greg. Empower him to do the things you've called him to do. Give him wisdom on the next steps in business. Anoint his words as he speaks into the next generation. I just see him carrying supernatural weight when you speak, Greg. 
So God, I thank you for fresh oil on Greg. Flows right through him. Right through him. Right through him in Jesus' name. Thank you for testimonies of the goodness of God in his business, in Jesus' name, and in his life, in his kids. Amen. Amen. Love those guys. All right, I better preach. You can be seated. Punch somebody. Worship team will be back soon. We're going to have an opportunity to minister a little bit later, but we are a presence church. That's what we are. That's what uh, we will always be, at least while I'm here. We will be a presence church where the Holy Spirit is welcome. Uh, some of you might, have, might just feel something, maybe some new people here. You may feel something different in here. It's called the presence of the Holy Spirit. And, and where the Holy Spirit is, transformation can happen. Transformation can happen. One touch from the Holy Ghost, one drop from heaven, we always say, can change everything, can transform you. That's why we want the Holy Spirit here. There are some churches that don't allow the Holy Spirit to come. They say, Holy Spirit, why don't you stay back there? We got this. We're like the opposite. We're like the opposite. I heard a pastor say one time, don't do everything you know how to do on a Sunday. Meaning, don't let the Holy Spirit come. Because what if somebody falls over? Yeah, we catch them. Thank you. We catch them. That's just simply the Holy Spirit touching a woman's life to the point where she's just, and sometimes God needs to put us on our back to do surgery. So he kind of knocks us out a little bit, does a little surgery on our hearts, and then we can get back up. And most time we catch them. So it's all good. I used to say, God, knock me over. I don't care if I fly around. I don't care if I stick to the ceiling. Do something. I want to feel your presence. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. But when the Holy Ghost comes, miracles come. We want you to experience miracles in your life. All throughout the Bible, Old and New Testament, when the Holy Ghost was around, when there was an encounter with God, miracles happened. I mean, Elijah the prophet, we know Elijah the prophet, he outran a chariot. You think that was natural power? That was supernatural power. David came, David was anointed king. He slayed a giant and became a king. Samson was given supernatural strength. How awesome is that? Killed thousands of people. Bad people, Philistines. Bezalel was the first guy that I've seen in the Bible filled with the Holy Ghost. Exodus 31, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came on Bezalel. And that he was given wisdom and ability in all kinds of crafts to build buildings. The Holy Ghost isn't just for inside these walls. The Holy Ghost can come on you for your business, your career, your family, everything you're doing. When the Holy Ghost comes, you're going to get better. You're going to get better. Philip was a disciple. My son placed him in hero, so I had to bring him up today. The Holy Ghost came on Philip and he got transported to another city like that. He got transported. I pray for that all the time. It hasn't happened yet. Jesus, Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost. He walks on the water. His disciples are in a stormy sea. And the Bible says as soon as he got in their boat, they arrived at the shore. Transported just like that. Did you know when the Holy Ghost comes on your life, he will accelerate your destiny? He'll take you further, faster than you ever thought you could be? Miracles will happen when the Holy Spirit comes on you. But maybe the greatest miracle is what we already saw this morning, and that's when 
The Holy Ghost comes and changes you from death to life. From death to life. And he takes away all the shame, all the sin, all the condemnation that comes with sin. He takes it away. The Bible says Jesus takes away your sins. Perhaps the greatest miracle. The Holy Spirit can come and can heal your broken heart. In fact, the Bible says he draws near to those with a broken heart. He's close. He's here. Today, you can be healed of a broken heart. That's why we refuse to not allow the Holy Spirit to come into our church services. Because he does miracles. Things change. Jesus is in heaven. The Holy Ghost is the one that's here. He's the one that's here. we got to let him in. But when we turn our hearts away from sin, receive forgiveness, and start to do things the way God wants us to do, that's basically revival. You know, revival means a spiritual awakening where hearts turn to God and a renewed sense of passion and purpose come, where the presence and power of the Holy Spirit manifests with signs and wonders. It's a spiritual awakening. Our church is called Awaken Church. We want you to walk into this house and have your spirit come alive again. Some of you have come in here and you have gone from death to life. About eight of you this morning. You weren't sure where you were going to spend eternity, but now you know. You have confirmed your eternity in heaven with God. You've had a spiritual awakening. Did you know the Bible says that you can't make that decision without God pursuing you? He pursued you. That's why you responded. How awesome is that? He was the one prompting you and pursuing. You were having a spiritual awakening. You were having a personal revival this morning in the house of God. And did you know that even if you're not saved, you can have a revival, personal revival? I feel like every Sunday I have a revival, a spiritual awakening in my spirit where I get renewed passion for the things of God and purpose for the things of God. It's like a spiritual revival every single week in this house. We were talking with Pastor Naomi this morning, and we've been here, you've been here 18 years, I've been here almost 17 years, and every week I'm still fired up of the purposes of God. I still have a spiritual awakening. It's because the Holy Ghost is eternal. He doesn't run out of power, ideas. He's eternal. He's eternal. So I want to talk to you about revival this morning. Is that all right? Come on, the first one I want to talk to you about is personal revival. Personal revival. Some of us had a personal revival, like I said already this morning, but you can have it as a Christian and you can have it in the house of God. That's why I like this story in Genesis 28, 10 to 12. And this is Jacob. He's probably already what we would call a Christian or a Jew. He already knows who God is. He's already been promised and he, he ends up becoming Israel and all the 12 tribes and he creates a nation of Israel. But it says, now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night. I, I like that it says it's a certain place because it doesn't really matter about the place. You can encounter God anywhere. It's not about the place, it's about the presence. This used to be a 24-hour fitness, but now it's a church. It's not about the place, it's the presence. It's different now because there's a different presence here. It's the presence of the Holy Ghost. So he came to a certain place because the sun had set, and then he took one of the stones from that place and put it on his head, or at his head. He lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed. Then he dreamed. When you have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, you will start to dream again. You will start to see visions about your life. It's the language of the Holy Ghost. In Joel it says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. The language of the Holy Spirit is visions and dreams and pictures. 
he will begin to speak to you. You'll begin to dream again. Maybe you're here today and you're, you've lost some of your dreams. It's okay because there's resurrection power in here and you will start to dream again. You will start to see things again. You will have a renewal in your spirit and you'll have passion for the things of God. That's the goal. And behold, a ladder was set up on earth and its top reached to the heaven and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. As he's dreaming, he's realizing that heaven and earth work together. That what we do on earth affects heaven and what happens in heaven affects earth. What you do here matters. When you tithe, like Pastor Quacha said, heaven opens up. It matters what you do on earth, it affects heaven. When you lay hands on somebody, then heaven comes and backs you up and heals the sick. Come on, what we do here affects heaven. He's seeing the connection between heaven and earth. Verse 16, then Jacob awoke. He had an awakening from his sleep and said, surely this is the Surely the Lord is in this place. He had a spiritual awakening that the Spirit of God was with him. He awoke, not just physically, but spiritually. And I did not know what he said. And he was afraid. He had the fear of God. And he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. I don't know if you know this, but we are determined that the house of God should be a gate, should be an access point to heaven. The moment you drive onto this property, we call them altars, the moment you drive onto this altar, you should expect to experience God. Did you know we've had people walking out to their car, get slain in the Holy Spirit, start speaking in tongues? That might have just freaked some of you out. You're going to walk out to your car like, do I need a catcher? Maybe. Evan's got you. Evan's got you. But this is an access point. The reason a lot of churches don't see a move of God is because they don't see it as access. They see it as, no, we got this, God. Holy Ghost, we got this. But we see it as an access point. Holy Spirit, do what you want to do. I'll get out of the way. Do what you want to do. That's when Christianity gets fun. When you start to encounter God and have a spiritual awakening. So Jacob was already a Jew, he's already a Christian, and he has a spiritual awakening that this place, that the house of God, the presence of God is there. And then we see like in the New Testament, we see like personal revivals where someone goes from death to life, where we, got, we see Saul, who was killing Christians, encounters God, then he becomes Paul, and he becomes an apostle, a prolific writer of the New Testament. So, so that's what a personal revival is. It's just turning away from your sin and turning towards God. It's having a spiritual awakening of the presence of the presence of God. So that's a personal revival, but then there's corporate revivals. Remember the New Testament when Jesus tells his disciples to go into all the world and, and replicate themselves, make disciples of all nations. And he says, but before you go, you need to go get some power. So I want you to go to Jerusalem. So they go to the upper room, 120 of them are left 10 days later because sometimes it takes God a long time to move suddenly. Right, Pastor Charles? So they're waiting there for 10 days, they're like that, and then boom, the Holy Ghost comes. Acts 2, 1 to 4, the day of Pentecost. Corporate revival. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place, kind of like us. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. I like it because when the Holy Ghost comes, there's a sound. The reason we had almost 15,000 people at Easter is because there's a sound coming from Awakened Church, and his name is the Holy Ghost. 
people are seeing your life and they're like, I want what's on your life, so they're coming into the house. Why? Because they can encounter God here. Because they can get transformation here. They can get healed here. There's a sound that's going out all over San Diego. There's something happening at Awaken Church. And what's happening is the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. So then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them, and they were all filled. Say all filled. The Holy Ghost is for all y'all. All filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I like it because the Bible says in this scripture, if you keep reading, it said that there were Jews from, from every nation under heaven that were gathered there. And when they heard the sound, they came toward the sound. And they all heard their own language being spoken by all these Galileans. They all heard their own language. God was doing a supernatural miracle because the Holy Spirit was being poured out. And God, or Jesus never told the disciples what power was gonna feel like, look like, sound like. So when the Holy Spirit came, they all started speaking in tongues. That was evidence that the power of God had come, that the power of the Holy Spirit was there. And then they started speaking languages that they had never learned before, and people were understanding them. I would have been freaked out. But that was one of those times in the Bible where you wish you were there, right? It's like, oh, man, I wish I was in the upper room. How mad are all those people that left at day nine? Man, whoo, you miss out. Maybe they're one of the 3,000 because after that corporate revival happens, Peter goes out and starts another corporate revival. He preaches a message. 3,000 people get saved on that day, and the church explodes. Why? Because the power of the Holy Ghost came, and people started to hear about what was happening. So we see a, a, a personal revival, corporate revivals, but if the revival never results in reformation, it's a waste. You may get into heaven, but your friend might not, or your neighbor or your workplace. Revival has to translate into reformation, or what are we doing? When you receive power from the Holy Spirit, it's not just so you can get goosebumps or fall over. It's so you can change the world. When the Holy Ghost came on the disciples, Jesus said, now go change the world. And if we want to change the world, we first got to change our world, right? If we want to go macro, you got to start with micro. So once we change our world, our world, then we go get in an environment like this. We have a corporate revival, and then it should set us on a, on a track to see reformation in our city. Reformation it refers to the transformation of society as a whole, where people come together to bring about change and progress in the way they live and interact with one another. Both are necessary for growth and development of the church and the world at large. In other words, if the presence in here doesn't translate the progress out there, what are we doing? What are we doing? We're just having a holy party. We gotta, it's got to result in reformation. we got to go into all the world. That's what it's prophesying in Isaiah 61.4. It's talking about us. It says, and they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. What God is saying is he wants us, the church, which means a governing body of regions. It's not just a bunch of Christians in a church. It's a governing body to govern regions, spiritually, politically, every sphere of culture. So in this church, we want to fill you with power so that you can go into your workplace. Maybe it's government and politics. We're coming. We're coming there. We're going into politics. We're coming after every wicked servant that says they're 
a politician trying to come against the word of God. We're coming, we're coming to arts and entertainment. Come on, hero. 372 people already saved. Come on, we're coming into media. We're coming into education, into business, into military, into medicine. You name it, we're coming. That's what we do at Awaken Church. We take this out there. And then they come in here. And, they, and then they get some. Then they take it out there. That's how the church continues to run, continues to roll. The Bible says the disciples turned the world upside down. They didn't turn, turn the church upside down. Turn the world upside down. Acts 17 talks about it. Paul and Silas, they're preaching all over the place. They come to Thessalonica. Thessalonica. And all these religious people get mad because all these people are getting converted to Christ. They're all starting to believe in Christ. They're getting persuaded. Paul and Silas dealing in all these different synagogues. And some of them, some of, some of them get angry at them. And they say this. It says, but the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathered a mob. Sounds like some writers and some picketers. Sounds like 2020. <laughs> set all this city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason who was housing disciples and sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason out and some brethren to the rulers of the city crying out. These people are envious of what's happening. People are just getting converted. Miracles are happening. The power of God's breaking out. People are getting envious. They want to shut it down because they know if it comes, it's going to disrupt their culture. So they're crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. I like that. I like that. That means Thessalonica, they've been talking about the disciples. They've been saying, oh my gosh, these guys are, these guys are disrupting culture. These guys are changing the way people think. There's miracles happening. Everybody's starting to believe in this Jesus guy. And now they've come here too? I feel like every time we plant a campus, the demons around that campus are crying out. They came here too. We've heard about Awaken. Oh yeah, we're coming. We're coming. The title of my message this morning is, We Coming. I know you heard. We coming. You should have seen by now. Coming. Yeah, they talking about it. We coming. Doubtless. Come, they think saying. Coming, they think it's a game. We coming. I don't give a damn what they say. You best believe. We coming. And guess what? It ain't hard to find. Come on, that's Deion Sanders. He's declaring to the Pac-12 conference, the Colorado Buffaloes are coming. He's saying, come on, USC, we're coming. Come on, Oregon, we're coming. UCLA. He ain't talking to UCLA. <laughs> He's saying, we coming, and we're not hiding. We're going to be bold as lions. We're coming. You may think it's a game, but we're coming. We coming. I speak to every demonic principality and power in this region, and I declare we coming. 
Awakened church is coming, filled with the Holy Ghost, in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. We coming. Hey, high schools, we coming. Hey, colleges, we coming. Come on, hey, marketplace, we coming. Hey, Nathan Fletcher, we coming. Hey, Gavin Newsom, we coming. We're going to deceit you. We're going to take land. We're going to take territory. We coming, and we ain't hiding. We ain't hiding. My wife, about a year ago, I don't know when it was, county supervisors meeting, Nathan Fletcher said, you know what, San Diego's going to be a sanctuary for abortion. People can fly in here and they can get abortions. And my wife went down there with a couple of other ladies. And she said, I declare that you will not sleep until this corruption ends. I'm not sure if you've been watching the news. I'm not sure if you've been reading things about him. But one of the things that he said why he's resigning is because he cannot sleep. He cannot sleep. He cannot sleep. We coming. Whatever other wicked politicians are in seats, we're coming to de-seat you, dethrone you. We coming. We are called to govern this region. We coming. We're coming. Come on, we're coming. Sickness, disease, we coming. Demonic strongholds, we coming. Fear and anxiety and depression, suicide, we coming. Abortion, we coming. Confusion, identity, we coming. Here we come. Awakened church is coming. We're coming. We're coming. We have this guy at our church, and he called me a couple weeks ago, man. He was like, Pastor John, I don't know if I should be here, but, but what do you think I should do? He said, I, I'm working for this organization, and, and uh, they've kind of gone woke a little bit, a lot of it. And he says, and, 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 I, and I'm here, and I don't believe like they believe, and I, I'm getting these opportunities to, like, speak to, like, kids and stuff, and even, even minister to other employees. And he's like, I don't know. It's, it's not aligned with my thinking. And I was like, oh, we coming. It's like a Trojan horse. We coming. I said, do not leave, stay there. There's more people like you, but other people need to hear what you say. They need the word of God. You stay there, do it with honor, do it with love, but stay there. And if you get an opportunity, don't hide. Don't hide, you, but you better be ready to be fired if you wanna stay. He's like, I'm ready, I'm coming. So he just texted me this morning, cause I said, hey, can I share this? And he said, yeah, and he said, uh, he said the, the leader of the woke movement within this organization, he got to pray for and lay hands on the other day. He said, she thought I was praying for her knee that was hurt, but I was praying for more than her knee that was hurt. I was praying for her mind. He said, I was praying for the Holy Ghost to touch her mind, change the way she thinks, transform the way she is. We coming, we coming, we coming, we coming. That's called reformation, when we start to change things out there. But it all starts in here. It all starts with us. A couple of weeks ago, I was at a, maybe three, four weeks ago, I was at a pastor's breakfast, and Dr. Jim Garlow was there. He was talking about revival. He was talking about the Asbury revival. 17 days in a row, hundreds of thousands of people descended on this little city, 6,000 people. There's only like one subway getting overran. They had to shut it down. There was too many people that came. And he said he went there because he went to college there. 
So he wanted to go see and experience what was happening at Asbury. So as he went there, he said he he sat in the in the meeting or in the in the sanctuary for nine straight hours. And he says he was crying. He said he was just reflecting on his life, reflecting on God, kind of like having a personal revival, a spiritual awakening. And he said he had to leave because he had to catch a flight. But when he left, he said, guys, can we just go back in for 30 minutes? Like, I, I, I don't want to leave what I was experiencing at Asbury. And so he said, what started the revival or the outpouring, whatever you want to call it, he said was a, a guy was speaking. He was a Jewish guy. And I guess he spoke to the college in their chapel. And he said that he didn't think it went very well. And so he told the kids that if, if you want to stay around and, and worship or pray, feel free to do it. 19 kids stayed. And he said, as they were all standing there and I think they were worshiping or praying or whatever, one kid raised his hand and said, I want to repent because I've had suicidal thoughts. And I know that's not God's plan for me to take my own life. So he repented. What started the revival, 17-day revival, 100,000 people coming in, what, 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 what attracted God to that place was repentance. He was already a Christian, but he had to repent of something because he was having negative thoughts. He was having suicidal thoughts, so then another hand went up, and they repented, and then they repented, and then people just came in droves, and the Holy Spirit showed up. There was a sound. They went all the way around the world, and people came to experience and to have a personal revival. If you want revival in your life, repent. Repent. We're at the breakfast and Dr. Jim Garlow gives a basically an altar call to a hundred pastors that are standing there. And he, he said, he said, if you have something to repent from, I want to invite you forward. He said, the whole time at Asbury, people would come forward and get on their knees at the altar and they had these ministers up there and they would just pray one after the other after the other. The line was so long you couldn't even, you'd have to wait for hours sometimes just to go get prayed for. And then they would, they would and, and so Dr. Jim said, if you have something to repent from, this is a hundred pastors, if you have something to repent from, come forward. Get on your knees. I want to anoint you with oil that he brought from Asbury. And so all these pastors, myself, came forward. I realized as he was talking in that moment that I had bitterness and unforgiveness towards somebody, that I had to get rid of it. It was killing me. So I came forward and I just repented. I said, God, take this from me. I give it to you. If I keep it in the dark, it's going to grow and it's going to torment me. But as soon as you expose it, God can deal with it and set you free. I had a personal revival a few weeks ago. And I feel so much better. You can feel the presence of God. So this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to come to the altar, to repent of something. You don't have to. But maybe there's something that's been weighing on you. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe you've been blaming God for things that aren't his fault. Maybe you've been having suicidal thoughts. And that's not of God. Repenting is just turning away from the way you were thinking and turning towards the right thinking, towards God. So why don't we stand to our feet? The team's going to sing a song. And I want to give you an opportunity, and some of the ministers can come up in a few minutes, but let's, let's just 
let the music flow a little bit. I want to invite you up to the altar. You don't have to get on your knees. You can. I don't have any Asbury oil. But the Holy Spirit's here. And He can set you free. And the beginning of personal revival is repentance. And who knows what's going to sprout off of today in your life and in the world because of something that you're letting God take from you. So take it away, worship team. Come on down if that's you, and we want to pray for you. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.